What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show, how do you get around the world when you're just a little dude? Life is tough on these teeny tinies, and so they need creative solutions to be able to get around without being immediately destroyed. From the world's idiest bittiest snail to dastardly little fish to the littlest cowboys giddying up in the sea, we're looking at some cuties who are sometimes surprisingly devious. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's poops on spikes. Joining me today is friend of the show, brilliant comedian with a background in biotech, Pulavi Ganalan. Welcome! Hi. Hi. I'm so happy to be here again. <laughs> so we're just talking about little, little, tiny, little tiny guys, little, little teeny tinies. Uh, and, you know, it, it, can be, it can be rough. On a little teeny tiny, trying to navigate the world that is so much bigger. You're being a, a voice for the voiceless right now. <laughs> exactly. The voice for the teeniest and tiniest of snails, which when you take them all together as like a voting block, you know, pretty significant. <laughs> so have you heard the news that they discovered a new tiniest snail? I have not kept up on my snail news. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean... I subscribe to Snails Galore bi-weekly, <laughs> so I'm up to Does date. Does that come through snail mail? <laughs> okay, I'm done. Goodbye, You're done. everyone. <laughs> You're done. Banned from comedy forever. <laughs> so, yeah, no, the smallest land snail in all the land, I guess, has been discovered. So these are snails that are so teeny tiny, the adults are literally the size of a grain of sand. You can fit more than one of them on the tip of a ballpoint pen. 
So these are called Angustopilla samian, and they were found in northern Vietnam. They are 0.6 millimeters in diameter. And uh, for some reason, researchers thought the best way to illustrate how small they were would be to take a picture of a bunch of the little snails inside a clear pill capsule, which just makes me think of some kind of weird snail medicine made out of just like swallowing a bunch of snails. Yeah, it definitely isn't an appealing visual. No. <laughs> now I'm like, what if we just can't see there are snails in our medicine? But <laughs> Now you always think, like, is it just inside this pill? Is it just a bunch of little snails? Is this a secret doctors don't want us to find out about? This is going to be, Gwyneth Paltrow is so close to selling this right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's going to be on Joe Rogan's show. He's in a lot of hot water right now, rightfully so. Uh, so he's probably going to take gonna, it out on these snails. He's going to take it out on these snails. He's going to try to sell it like as a coronavirus cure. Just pill full of snails. Why not? Why know? not? So <laughs> one of the issues with being this tiny when you're a snail is how you move around without dying. So, oh, my God. Yeah, because snails are notoriously slow. And then when you're living on the tip of a ballpoint pen, <laughs> how do you get down the pen? Wow. <laughs> Incredible. Exactly. So you don't get down from a pen, you get down from a duck. That's snail humor. <laughs> it, it actually it actually works. It hits really well with an audience of these tiny snails, just, just so you know. <laughs> I'm just imagining them like the, the little aliens in Toy Story, just like stuck in this pill. <laughs> <laughs> so terrestrial snails uh, have to leave the cozy moistness of their shells and expose their fleshy parts, which is a lovely sentence that I just said out loud, uh, in order to travel along surfaces. Uh, but this actually exposes them to being dried out. So snails will use a trail of sticky slime to help them adhere to surfaces, which is one use of their moisture. And that slime trail is actually really interesting because it allows them to stick to a surface, but it also allows them to glide along a surface because when they adhere pressure to that slime, it actually condenses into more of a fluid state rather than a sticky adhesive state, and they can kind of glide along the surface. And the snail's body, in order to both move and also to stay alive, needs a lot of moisture. It needs moisture inside of its uh, mantle cavity in order to facilitate gas exchange that it needs for breathing. So a snail basically... It's got, it's got, it's got to be damp. It's a little, I mean, a little slip and slide. Is that yeah. what you're saying to me right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do one of them, like, it's, since there's so many, I don't know, I, I guess that they, they don't live very close to each other, probably, right? Or I guess maybe in order to reproduce, they do. Yeah. But I was wondering, do they, like, do they, because I always, always see snails by themselves, but that doesn't make sense. But do they, like, make their little slip and slide and then other snails can use their slip and slide? Does that's that a, happen? That's a really good question. You know what? I'm not actually sure. I think it probably depends on how recent the slime trail yeah. is. If it's really recent, I bet you that they can. 
And if it's, uh, you know, if but if it's kind of dried out longer, maybe they can't. But that's a really good question. And now you've got me wondering if snails ever use that strategy to like follow now other I'm, snails for mating. Now I'm imagining little CSI snails like this, <laughs> <laughs> like this was recent. <laughs> Someone was here. <laughs> this this trail is still wet. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really easy murder to solve if it was done by snails. Yeah. Well, there's a slime trail leading right over here to, you know, Jeff's apartment. <laughs> but he's like, you know, two feet away because he's so slow. He's like, hasn't left the door yet. Yeah. Exactly. He's like, oh, <laughs> you got me. Now you got to come arrest me. But the police snails but are they so can't slow. Catch him. Right. Exactly. They have, they have like little sirens that they yeah. then put onto their their shells and then they start their chase. <laughs> wee, woo, wee, <laughs> the sirens are slow, wee, too. Wee, <laughs> <woo>. <laughs> Sounds like a funeral. <laughs> so uh, these little tiny snails. Uh, their problem is when you're small, it's really hard to retain moisture. A lot of insects or other arthropods that are small, they have a hard cuticle so they don't dry out. So like a tiny ant, it has this hard cuticle, what it what is basically its skin that keeps it from drying out. If you want to kill ants because you're a monster or you want to protect your food, there's a way to do it without using like ant spray. You can actually use diatomaceous earth, which is this classic powder. Diet- I'm always <laughs> talking about diatomaceous earth. <laughs> always. <laughs> you joke, but whenever someone complains about ants, I'm like, well, have you heard about diatomaceous earth? It's made out of billions and billions of dead diatoms and their skeletons are so dry. It absorbs all the moisture and it instantly kills the ant. Well, not instantly. They die a slow and painful death. But uh, yeah, so it is something I like to talk about parties, how you can kill ants with diatomaceous earth. Because like I said, you can lay out this this uh, diatomaceous earth. It's a powdery substance, highly, highly absorbent. And it will just suck all the moisture out of the snail, or sorry, suck all the moisture out of the ant, which kills it. And so it can be used to kind of prevent ants from invading your home. But the point of that is like the ant normally doesn't just like have all the moisture evaporate out of it. It has that hard cuticle that protects it. But these little snails uh, do not have a hard cuticle. They have their shell. They also have a little door to the shell. It's called an operculum. It's like that little, you know, when a snail like closes up, they have sort of that little trap door that can close over their shell. That's what that is. So how do these teeny tiny snails survive without drying out? Skincare, a lot of uh, moisturizing uh, (laughs) facial products. Listen, they've been to Hollywood. They know. (laughs) This is just an advertisement for like L'Oreal. Those uh, Korean masks. Mm, Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Do you know know how many snails had to die to make those? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, they they have made those masks out of snail slime, right? Like they they have. Oh, really? Yes, yes. There are. uh, I'm fully joking. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. There's (laughs) snail slime lotion uh, and like snail slime masks. It's supposed to be highly moisturizing. Oh, my God. What did we do to the snails? I There's... mean, milk them. <laughs> oh, that's gross. That's so sad for the snails. It is really gross. And can you imagine the smell? 
Because I oh can. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. Does snail slime smell? Snail slime doesn't smell that much, but I remember when I was a kid and I would collect snails and sometimes like just have a big pile of them in my hand. There was a distinct odor and it wasn't pleasant. So. Oh. <laughs> so. Um, so basically one way that these these tiny grain of sand sized snails don't die is that they are only found in dank human caves. So they live inside the sediment inside these caves. If they were in somewhere more dry or more exposed to the sun, it's likely that they would die because they would dry out. But another strategy is actually employed by another snail, which is similarly sized, and it may give us some hints into this other snail's behavior. Uh, it's just very slightly larger, but and when I say larger, like by point something of a millimeter. And this snail is called Acoprologos, and it is the second smallest snail uh, found in Laos. The Coprologos have this very weird feature to their shell, they have these little spikes covered in what look like beads. And what researchers have found is that beads are feces. It's a string of fecal beads. So little feces in sort of necklace form worn around these snails. It's, you know, it's fashion. I got to say That's, it's fashion. Uh, also my defense when I walk home at night, you know? Yeah. I also wear... Fegal beads, uh, <laughs> so no one bothers me. <laughs> I prefer the these sort of morning star of my dog's poop bag. You know, mm. when you get clean up after your dog and you've got a big turd in the plastic bag and you can kind of swing it around like a mace. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out. You're going to you're going to get into a lot of quack, you quack. with us. Exactly. Exactly. So the reason for this like poop jewelry. It's kind of like a, a gothic poop jewelry because it's all these spikes covered in the these little poop beads is they think that the dung pearls may actually, first of all, help attract mates because how could it not? I mean... Mm. Okay, so we're using the opposite <laughs> method. <laughs> right, right. With So it may be biochemical signaling to attract mates and another proposed reason is it may help the snail from drying out with the moisturizing, revitalizing power of tiny dung pearls. So, again, L'Oreal, think I about know. it. No, there's no way Gwyneth Paltrow is not already on top of it. <laughs> I feel like she, this is a side note, but I feel like she has like a humiliation thing mm. where she loves watching women be humiliated. Right, right. She, she's gets off on other women being humiliated just what she can tell yeah. them she's like put this in your in your vagina yeah. and wear yeah. these poop beads and they're like yeah and she's like perfect now smear this <laughs> snail poop on your face did you do it oh my god you actually did it so hot <laughs> <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. So, Polovi, I feel like we've all become a little more sedentary in the world, wouldn't you say? Just on average? Yeah. Yeah. I know that, you know, I'm I'm trying. I'm trying to kind of escape escape the uh, my cozy lifestyle. But it's hard. It's hard once you're sort of, it's like when you are encouraged to stay indoors for your health, then it's like, all right, uh, but you've been indoors for too long. So now get out. Stop being sedentary. It's like, yeah, but I got used to feeling smug about being lazy. So it's kind of hard to make that change. Yeah. If if all of the incentives have reversed themselves, <laughs> then how are you how are you expected to move? You know what right. I mean? Right. Remember when we were told, you know, it's like you are helping other people and yourself by staying home. And so now it's like, well, you should maybe go on a run or go get some exercise. It's like, can't I still feel like a hero for sitting on my couch? Because that would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you still can. <laughs> you Like, you could treat yourself every That's time true. you do. That's true. I'm the real hero, I say, sitting on my couch is like nurses <laughs> are actually doing things. Yeah, uh, but, you know, it's actually that sedentary lifestyle does have its advantages in the natural world. You don't have to expend energy moving, and if you're armored, you can kind of hunker down in a fortress. And this is the strategy that muscles use, those little bivalve dudes that a lot of people like to eat, which I don't like to eat because when I try to eat them, I throw up. So, uh uh, that's a a, a self-defense mechanism they didn't know they had. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically making me, For Katie, yeah. throw up. Right. So they've at least taken care of one predator. So mussels are a group of bivalves uh, that have oblong shells. And there are many different species of mussels. 
So while muscles are known for being sedentary, they can actually move like other bivalves uh, until they settle on Hold a on. surface. You're saying bivalves like we all know what that means. What is, <laughs> <laughs> what is a bivalve? So that means two valves? What does yes. that mean? Yes. <laughs> so it's basically clams. Like what a, you know, it, clams are a specific bivalve, but it's any a clam-like creature that opens and closes like a book. It's got two valves, an input valve and an output valve. That's why it's called a bivalve. Mm. Uh, it's got a foot, that fleshy part it can stick out to kind of dig into the sand and move around. I'm, I'm looking at the, the, the names for them, and it's bivalvia, which I'm pretty sure that's a, a sexual organ. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't... <laughs> I was named incorrectly. <laughs> okay, okay. So we got these. We got these bivalves. Yeah. All right. So clams, oysters, uh, geoducks, uh, uh, mussels. They're all bivalves. Wow. It actually is more more difficult for me to name all the bivalves than I thought it would be. But hey, there you go. So, oh, scallops. Forgot scallops. So mussels are a type of bivalve and they can move like bivalves, even though they don't seem like they should be able to move around, they can. They've got that foot. They can dig in the sand. They can even kind of swim with sort of a butterfly motion. But mussels tend to like to stick in one place when they can. So they can actually excrete a sticky glue-like substance called bissel threads. So that's like if you've ever seen a mussel on the beach and it's stuck to a rock and you try to pull it off, you can pull it off. It's not impossible, but it kind of, it resists. It's sort of stuck to the rock. And so it is stuck to the rock by these bissel threads. Oh, yeah. It's got, that's like the fuzzy white stuff mm -hmm. that's like underneath them. Exactly. Yes. So uh, I feel like when I was a kid, I would I would pull off a muscle just out of curiosity, and then it kind of you just messing with these snails and I these know. mussels. I, I was out there collecting empty shells. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this know. is why. Maybe this is why I throw up now when I try to eat mussels. It's like this is your origin story. It's my the the retribution, the muscles' revenge. It's a dish best served hot. So, it's like an R.L. Stein book, The Muscle's <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so the ability to stick to one place uh, has its benefits. So they can uh, stick somewhere, and despite strong currents, they can just peacefully filter feed rather than moving around uh, in a location that's maybe not as ideal. Those bissel threads can actually also be used in self-defense, in sort of a Spider-Man. Spider-Man? Yes. Spy yeah, Spider-Man, just sort of in slow motion, really slow Spider-Man. So if they are secreted over slow-moving predators like dog whelks, which are a carnivorous type of sea snail, the muscle can trap the predator and protect itself. So it's like Spider-Man, but in really, really slow motion. That's amazing. They're going to somehow incorporate that into a new Spider-Man movie, like a multiverse <laughs> Spider-Man movie. They're going to figure out a way to get these muscles in there. Yeah. Like that would be Muscle Man, but instead of being muscular, he's half a uh, half muscle bivalve. Now we're jumping into SpongeBob territory. 
Okay. I'm, I'm trying to think of the sort of physiology of a muscle man, and it's a little gross, you know? Yeah. We don't, we can, we don't, we, we're not we here to design the, we're the ideas people, okay? <laughs> it's the, the comic designer that's going to design them, clearly. I like, I, I imagine Muscle Man having like a bikini situation, like an aerial situation where the bikini is made out of muscles. But then mm. since he's part muscle, is that like cannibalism? Oh, I don't for know. sure. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Yeah. Also, didn't Ariel, did she like kill? Because like all the sea life is sentient in her subjects. So she did she kill one of her subjects for a bra? Is that a thing? I would like to think that they died and were like, this is my last dying wish. Is oh, that you have a bra? Right. It's its will in its will that. Right. Yeah. Except it, you know, it happened right at the time when she started needing right. training bras. I see. I leave I leave my my uh wealth to my grandchildren and i leave my body to that to cover um, your breasts to that mermaid that's weird. <laughs> to cover breasts that's that's how that's how grandpa wow, wanted to go your out your dying wish is to not is to lock up that nipple that's weird <laughs> I that's mean, weird i mean a, a cartoon clam can dream so now we mostly associate muscles with the sea, uh, but there are actually a variety of freshwater muscles as well. Freshwater muscles typically use their foot, that fleshy projection. I love saying fleshy projection, um, but that fleshy projection that bivalves can use for locomotion, but freshwater muscles typically use it to dig into the substrate of the river or stream to root itself so it doesn't have to move mm. around. That's got to be like, that's got to be a lot of strain on that part of your body. If you're just like holding on all the time. For me, it's I I imagine like just sticking my foot in a ball pit and kind of, you know, like when you you really get your foot rooted and wedged down in that ball pit and then all the children try to knock you over. Stay there for a really long time. Right. Why are the children? Why are you fighting children in a ball pit, Katie? Listen, my life is my life. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So one issue with being sessile that that is being rooted in one place is how do you make sure your offspring can be distributed elsewhere? So your population isn't all concentrated in one area competing Mm. for the same territory and nutrition. It's like if all your kids never move out always raid the fridge. It's a problem. So before I discuss anything further, I'm going to show you some pictures of some fish and some uh, some weird sea life. So there's a picture here of a little spotted fish. You see that? Mm-hmm. And like a little sort of a weird invertebrate dude and a couple of mm-hmm. worms. How are the, those worms look like fish too? Yeah, they're kind of fish-like, little fish-like worms. They got little like eyes and mouths. Yeah, yeah, but they they have they have eyes, they have mouths. You know, they've got one of them's got fins. So you know, you got you got some fish and some sort of like weird little sea life. Um, it's all lies. It's it's lies. You're lying to me. I'm lying to you. Well, nature's <laughs> lying to you too. So we're both we're both lying to you. Uh, there's this amazing Twitter thread that I recommend you guys all check out by Ferris Jibber, 
where you can see a number of videos of tiny fish thrashing around against a rock. So you'll see this larger fish come up to it and chomp down, but as it bites, it's like this powder keg explodes with this white powdery substance spraying everywhere. So Pulovi, check out that that link uh, of that the video of fish that fish munching on that little fish. Oh my god! Oh, whoa! It just deflated. Mm-hmm. The little fish just deflated. What a decoy. Yeah, so that little wriggling fish is not a fish at all. It is part of a mussel's dastardly plan to reproduce. So in that video, that fish is actually a flap of tissue disguised as a fish. It's hard for me to wrap my mind head it around. It looks like a fish. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. It looks not at all like the rest of the, the mussel. No, it doesn't. Wait, and so then inside of it is like eggs and stuff? Yeah, so this is what happens is when the uh, unsuspecting real fish bites down on what it thinks is this little tasty fish snack, the mussel releases a bunch of larvae. So these little mussel larvae are these little teeny tiny babies called glochidia, and they look like these little zooplankton-sized mussels. And they are so tiny that it would be hard for them to move around on their own. They're easy food for anything that eats like these little tiny larvae. And upsettingly, it has these hooks on its mantle. So the mantle is like the fleshy inner part of the muscle. And it uses these hooks to latch onto the inside of the fish's gills where it will absorb nutrients and spend a few weeks in this fun little playhouse before detaching and settling into substrate somewhere else. That is so weird. That's like when people are like, oh, I hear something in my ear. I feel like it's a bug or whatever. Yes. But it's like these fish that are flying around underwater with things in their gills, and they're like, I don't know. I feel sick, Herman. And then, and then Herman's <laughs> like, "You'll be fine, Gerald. You're always you're always thinking you're sick." And Gerald's like, "No, I really feel like there's something inside of me, and it's these little guys." Yeah, yeah. And I'm typically, crazy. this doesn't kill the fish, but if there's enough of them, they can actually clog the fish's gills, yeah. and so it can be harmful if there are too many of them. But yeah, that is. It's just like, hey, I got got some other creatures' babies in my breathing holes. That's not, it's not a great feeling, I don't think. That's insane because they look so much like like real fish. Yeah, those lures are absolutely crazy because- To evolve that. Yeah, and there are different types. So there are lures that look like as one type of fish. There's a lure that looks like a different type of fish, like a minnow. And then there's a, a lure that even looks like a prawn or something. Doesn't even look like a fish. It looks more like oh a crayfish. God. Right, so there's this diversity. Depending on where they they like are and what the best prey is, I guess. Dep- yeah, so it depends on the species of mussels and yeah, whatever lure is the most effective for the larger fish in their area. And some mussels aren't even happy enough with just luring them close. 
they actually like to clamp down on the fish's head after luring it in and then just jet sprays larva into the fish's gills. That so, is so gross. That I is know. So disgusting. <laughs> Wait, so yeah, so it when it when it reacts this way and it, the puff of of white stuff is shooting out, that's like from inside the muscle, right? Yes. It's just like the outer layer is the fish and then inside the yes. muscle it just like as soon as they clamp down it goes Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So that that lure, the thing that looks like a fish, but is actually part of the muscle is basically like this flap of flesh that it dangles outside of its body. And yeah, yeah. It just because when you look at it, it looks like a little fish kind of thrashing around like right on the tip of a muscle. It doesn't look is like that, it's part of the muscle. Is that part of uh, what it constantly has or does it only develop that like when it's ready to spray? Uh, no, it constantly has that. So it, it's it's just part of it's just part of the muscle. Um, but it'll oh, move wow. it. Ar- it can move it around, and it sort of like extrudes it and twitches it around when it wants to, uh, yeah. you know, forcibly force a fish to become a babysitter in the worst way. <laughs> That's like a horror movie. Yeah. Forced babysitter. Yeah. I mean, it's already a horror movie just to be a forced babysitter, but then add on top of that the sort of like endoparasite thing. Terrible. Yeah. Always asking if there are games on your phone. (laughs) So there are actually other muscles that developed a different technique. So they produce packets that contain their larvae. So it's like it's just this packwood package full of muscle larvae. And so they need the fish to want to uh, open up this package, though. So they actually disguise these packages as things like fly larvae or invertebrates with fake eye spots and scales. Remember those pictures I showed you of the little worm, wormy fish looking things? Mm-hmm. And that other weird thing that looks like some kind of invertebrate or maybe even like a little like catfish larva or something Mm -hmm. those are not eyes those are not mouths those are just clever coloration on these packets just disguised as some bigger creature and then when the fish bites into it it breaks open like a parasite pinata and all of these muscle babies infect the fish's gills wow some of them are like an attachment and the the muscle is still spraying it and others are like little packets exactly exactly little trojan horses except full of parasites trojan babies trojan babies (laughs) (laughs) which is not good marketing for that condom company no (laughs) no kind of the opposite thing that you're trying to trying to market for yeah but it also sounds a little bit like muppet babies muppet (laughs) babies yeah. Trojan Parasite Babies. That'd be a fun that'd be a fun show. Yeah. Looking for they're always looking for reboots, so why not do a reboot? But Kermit is like teeny tiny and there's like hundreds of them and he gets inside your lungs and then you just explode but with it's like Miss Piggy's lungs and she's happy with it. <laughs> oh, Miss Piggy. It would be fun to like for there to be alien recreated, but with Miss Piggy. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I've seen her like blown up in something before mm. and stomping around, right? Yeah, 
I mean, that would make sense. I think she was in Pigs in Space or something, but like, oh. I want to see her as, uh, you know, who's the main protagonist in Alien? No, I can't remember. La- La- Lady McTuff Gal. Susan Sarandon. No, 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 it's isn't it? Um, no, it's not Susan Sarandon, and it's not Activia Yogurt Lady. It's the other one, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, no, Jamie Lee Curtis is the Activity Activia Yogurt Lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's the the other person. God, hey, why have we not? Okay, I don't next know. episode we're watching Alien. Sigourney Weaver. There it I always is. Mix up Sigourney Weaver there and Su- Susan is. Sarandon. That's my. Problem. I mix up Sigour- That's my toxic Sigourney. Uh, I can't even say her name. Sigourney. Sig- Sigourney Weaver and and Jamie Lee Curtis are who I mix up. Mm. Why are we talking about? I this? think we're pitching this to the Jim Henson Company. <laughs> so it's good that we're practicing our our walkthrough of it. Hollywood baby. Okay. Hollywood. <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store, clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. All right, so... We've talked about tiny, spiky, poop-covered snails and parasite piñatas. So, okay, stop turning me on right now. <laughs> um. <laughs> I thought we'd have an even, an even more heartwarming story to end with. So what do you do when you're just a little guy who needs a ride around the great big ocean? So lots of oceanic creatures, even ones who grow into a formidable size, will start off teeny, teeny, weensy. So consider the sunfish. Take the sunfish. God, take the sunfish, please. I really... See, this is why this is why you do the stand-up, and I don't. <laughs> no, I why, like it. This is why I do the sit-down. 
you do the stand up <laughs> and I sit down and and talk from here from my comfortable seat. <laughs> so the sunfish, uh, the sunfish's larvae start off only a couple millimeters wide and they grow into the biggest bony fish in the ocean. Yeah, I was going to say the sunfish is like huge. They right? are like- massive. Yeah. So they're okay, not they're wow. not the biggest fish in the ocean because that are those are sharks, but the sharks are are made out of cartilage. Uh, there are bony fish rather than cartilaginous fish, and the biggest bony fish is the sunfish, and they grow up to over two thousand pounds or one thousand kilograms. But they start off as just this little tiny pea. Just oh my gosh, I'm looking pee. at them. I'm looking at them yeah. in like someone's hand and yeah. they look so cute and so, so small cute. and so frightened. And then they're like giant next to this like grown person. Yeah, yeah. They look so ridiculous. It's, they look so silly. What a life, right? You start off as a little spiky pea and then you just grow into a giant angry pancake. Yeah, I feel like that they're like chill though. They look too silly to be angry. That's you know true. What I mean? That's true. Maybe when they're the little tiny spiky pea, that's when they're angry because they got a chip on their shoulder and they're just a little a little tiny spike ball against the world. But then when they're a yeah. giant pancake, it's like, whatever, man. That's crazy. Can you yeah. imagine like, I feel like people would be easily duped into buying the little spiky peas and mm. thinking that they're like mini sunfish and then they grow up and they're like, you As gotta keep them. Yeah. You gotta keep these big sunfish. Like you get some sea monkeys and then they just grow to the size yeah. of like your entire room. Yeah. That's so crazy. They're so big. <laughs> but yeah, so they're the, so big and silly looking. They're like, so silly. Yeah. They're just the they're just and just the fact they're so flat and then they've got these huge eyes. I don't know. I love and it. Their was, their mouths are like like circular, so it's like they they look like they're constantly like out of breath. There was that video of that Bostonian guy freaking out about the sunfish. Do you remember that? No, I don't. I'm going to play just a little clip from it uh, to avoid, you know, copyright problems. But uh, let me see if I can find it. Dude. Holy. <laughs> that thing is big, Jay. What is that thing? It looks hurt. I don't know. <laughs> that thing looks hurt, Jay. <laughs> Jay, that thing is hurt, bro. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> look at this <laughs> thing. <laughs> oh, my God. What the <laughs> f- is that, bro? <laughs> Jay, what the f*** is that? We gotta call the aquarium or something, dude. That is we gotta so call, funny. We gotta call the aquarium or something, dude. A well-meaning Bostonian guy yeah. is a recipe for a viral video. <laughs> now, what he's concerned about for the fish's safety is that sunfish do tend to sort of lie in a um, horizontal fashion, they sw- like near the surface, but they're fine. Don't worry about it. They just like to do that. They're actually He's fine. freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> so my point in bringing up the sunfish, other than to share with you that wonderful uh, concerned citizen Bostonian, is that in the ocean, even big animals or medium-sized animals can start off really tiny. And their chances of survival when they're really tiny are typically pretty low. So there's a ton of them. Usually there will be like a ton of offspring. That's the case with the sunfish. They like have thousands and thousands of offspring at once. And so just statistically speaking, some of them have to survive. In fact, in the ocean, 
the largest mass migration happens every day. So from the depths of the ocean to the uppermost layer of the ocean, all of these little tiny animal babies, including like zooplankton, things that stay small and things that start off small will make this big migration from uh, the twilight zone, which is a real uh, area in the ocean where it's, it's basically because only a little bit of light gets that deep into the ocean. And oh, that's what it's called, the twilight yes, zone? Yes. And then uh, in the a less fun name is the mesopleagic zone. Um, but boo. Oh, boo. I hate that TV show. <laughs> <laughs> you have entered the Mesopleatic zone. <laughs> Rod, roll off the tongue. Yeah, it was a hard sell for Rod Sterling before he discovered there was another name that he could use. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, at night they will move to the uppermost layer of the ocean because even though they, they like to stay in that twilight zone during the day, because even though that area is less nutrient dense than the upper layers of the ocean, it's safer during the day because of the lack of light makes the tiny zooplankton less detectable by predators. So that's just to get you acquainted with how there are these animals in the ocean that they start off life really tiny and they need to figure out creative ways to get around. So I think it's great that they have so many children. Like my parents uh, had two, hoping one would not disappoint them, and it worked. So. Listen, you're you're Same like thing. your five thousand other brothers and sisters are are. <laughs> they doing, went to grad school. They went to grad school. Some of you know, like, and you other five thousand wanted to be an artist. Artist. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that does put sibling rivalries into perspective because then at least you don't have to like do better in karate uh, against like 10,000 other siblings. Yeah, that seems like a lot. Fight to the death. (laughs) Oh, that's why they called it Squid Games. (laughs) Oh my God, terrifying. So basically, when you're a little tiny dude in the ocean, you got to get around somehow and you got to get around without being eaten. And you also got to get around being able to find food. Um, Well, uh, there is a little critter that has found a way to yeehaw its way around by riding a jellyfish. So the jellyfish rider is this tiny transparent arthropod that will someday grow into the smooth fan lobster. So everything on this show is always lies. Never trust me when I call anything (laughs) anything. Because even though this is a type of slipper lobster, it is not a true lobster. They're not that closely related to like our familiar friend, the the lobster, which I feel like it's it's funny to me when they're like, this is not a true lobster because it's like, um, actually, that's the no true Scotsman fallacy. Who are you to say that's not a true lobster? (laughs) Um. But yeah, so they are a crustacean decapod related to rock lobsters. So rock lobsters are not true lobsters. Uh, they're just... But they are the most catchy one. Yeah, yeah. They're in that, <laughs> that like, B-52 song. Yeah. Yeah, that was... What a, what what species representation from the B-52s? I know. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible job, B-52s. <laughs> I didn't get it when I was a kid. I thought it was like they were saying... Like, this is a, a lobster who rocks. Yeah. Or is that what they're saying? I think that is 
also. I think it can be both things. Why not both things? Double meaning. It's such a deep song. Truly. It wasn't a rock. It was a rock lobster. Ugh, makes you think. So. (laughs) This one does look like a slipper lobster, like very aptly named. Yeah, it's like kind of flat. It kind of looks like you could wear it as a slipper. I I don't recommend it. That'd be pretty tickly. The like when you go scuba diving, the little flippers you wear. Ah, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Should be called the flipper lobster. The slipper lobster, who's not a lobster, includes a variety of species, the largest of which can grow up to almost two feet or 50 centimeters long. So they're formidable. And like you said, they kind of look like a weird flipper. They're uh, kind of like a lobster, but they're flatter, more triangular shaped. They don't really have large front claws. They just have these weird flat antenna. And it's like so messed up that we name them for things that we could use them as. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, what is this? What what article of clothing for humans does this look like right. to me? <laughs> right. It's just like who were the the sailors who were so I guess like just scourged with scurvy that they're like going to put this lobster on my feet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the larvae of these slipper lobsters are much tinier on the order of millimeters. So they have figured out a pretty great way of getting around. So they hitch a ride on a jellyfish. So you can see (laughs) these little dudes just sitting on a jellyfish having having the time of their lives. That's that's got to be like a really fun ride just because of how a jellyfish moves, mm-hmm. the motion of them, of, of their trajectory. And then also like everybody's scared of like all people are like, I don't want to get caught up in all these jellyfish. Like I don't want to get stung by jellyfish. And these dudes are like ratatouing them from the t- <laughs> <laughs> Not actually, but like they're just like on top of them, just chilling, fully avoiding the stings. <laughs> I mean, speaking of ratatouille and stings, uh, these jellyfish are gourmands and essentially they eat their ride. So it'd be like if ratatouille <gasps> was eating the, the dude in the movie in addition to Ratatouille's puppeting monster, it. Clearly. <laughs> ratatouille too. Uh, if you can't stand the heat, get in them out of the kitchen because I'm going <laughs> to eat you. It needs work. It does need work. I admit it needs workshopping. I think we have at least four solid pitches for Hollywood. We do. From this podcast. We do. We have uh, Parasite Pinata Babies. We got, we got you know, Ratatouille 2. Um, guess, who's, guess who's dinner? And guess who's, who is dinner? Guess who is dinner? Because I'm going to eat you. That's that's the name of it. That's That's the kind of like sort of like incisive witty humor I, that Pixar really I feel needs. like that's why I literally was gonna say we're like we're like a bizarro Pixar because we're like we're still like humanizing all of these like animal type creatures uh but in like a really messed up way <laughs> in a more realistic way yeah I would yeah. love a Pixar movie that's just you know the same fun rendering but just straight up you know Disturbed. Disturbed. <laughs> like a finding Nemo where Nemo just gets completely eaten by a bobbit worm. Uh, oh my god. So these little these little jellyfish riders will sit on the back of a jellyfish uh, and ride it around the ocean 
And they will get an in-flight meal made out of the very jellyfish that they are riding. So the slipper lobster larva will uh, nibble on the venomous tentacles of the lobster, which... Of the, of, the, of the jellyfish? Of I mean? the jellyfish, yes. Sorry, they will nibble on the venomous tentacles of the jellyfish. So, and it doesn't it doesn't hurt them. Yeah, it doesn't, and this is really weird. So, researchers have looked into why this doesn't hurt them, and they've found that first of all, they have first of all they have this very fastidious grooming that they do between eating. So they have these tiny comb like projections on their legs, and they can are use. Are you that. telling me these lobsters are wearing bibs? Or is that what you're telling me right now? <laughs> it's not exactly bibs. It's like no, if you <laughs> had like brushes attached to your hands. So every time you get crumbs on you, you just kind of like brush them off. But the crumbs are toxic, stinging crumbs. Wow. Right? Yeah. yeah. That makes sense, right? But you yeah, maybe. I get it. Yeah. Like, like when you want to eat your stinging spaghetti, you got to have uh, hand brushes to, to clean, clean it off. Wow. Yeah. I hope this, I hope people are getting it from, from this, from these analogies. Some kind of <laughs> But it like, makes sense. Yeah. Some kind of, I need a cooking show for these little lobsters, uh, little, yeah. little babies. Just like, now, you know, you want, you want, you want those uh, and then, jellyfish tentacles al dente. And then does a, is a jellyfish surviving still? It's, Yeah. It's probably not great for it, but they can survive the loss of a couple tentacles because after all, like it's still getting transportation from this jellyfish. So and then, oh, yeah, so they don't want to like kill it right away. And then um, there's one on this jellyfish. Is it like one per jellyfish or are there multiple? Typically, it's one one per jellyfish. Okay, I'm sure okay. there are cases where there's more than one per jellyfish, but you don't all want any the backseat drivers, you know. Yeah, all of the ones I've seen have been one per jellyfish. So no, like real energy efficient public transportation for these jellyfish <laughs> or for these uh, slipper lobsters. Uh, also, when they eat the stinging tentacles, you may wonder, like, hey, how does that not like kill them from the inside out? Well. Uh, it, it, there is a membrane inside the slipper lobster gut that coats the stinging cells, which protects them from internal damage. So that's like how we have acid in our stomachs, but we have epithelium lining our stomachs so that like, you know, we don't eat, have our stomach acid eat our own. That's stomachs. right. That's right. I mean, if you've ever wondered why doesn't our own digestive juices digest ourselves it's exactly what Pallavi just said and then of course when there are problems with that system we get gastrointestinal issues yep i will include in the show notes a video of one of these little dudes riding around on a jellyfish for you to enjoy it's set to some real just peppy music real wonderful i cannot play it or i will get sued but if you want to watch it for a minute, I'll give you time to do that. Oh, incredible music. Oh, my God. This is like weird. They're like way bigger than I thought. Well, this is an old. So this is an older one. Uh, it's a it's a more developed one. It's getting bigger. Yeah. They start out really tiny and then they get bigger because they grow into their adult form. So as they I grow, would be yeah. so freaking annoyed if this thing was on my head, just like eating my parts. <laughs> 
it's it looks so big and then it's got little like the little brushes or whatever are just like constantly moving i'd be like you better give me a massage while you're up there are you kidding me <laughs> look i i don't want to like victim blame the jellyfish but it does look like spaghetti right like you know you can they're 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 sentient spaghetti come on sentient spaghetti <laughs> barely sentient spaghetti sentient is a little generous so <laughs> that's true so this is wild though it looks like it's it's like in it's you know it went to a bar and it it got it's trying to impress a lady and it's like riding a mechanical mm. bull <laughs> do you think like these these little guys like compete go to sort of like a competition where they rev their jellyfish and ride them around They're, like drag racing their jellyfish yeah <laughs> See, there's another Pixar idea. There we go. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get paid for this. We do. <laughs> no more free free ideas. Yeah, that's right. We're uh, you know, if you want access to more of our wonderful Pixar ideas, you get you know, where's our money? Yeah, where yeah. is our money? Where is it? <laughs> another idea. Speaking of money, <laughs> bringing us to commercial. No. <laughs> Speaking of money, uh, spicy. Spice spaghetti. We're this this podcast is sponsored by Stinging Spaghetti Box. Every- spice Spice Spaghetti sounds like something from Dune. Mm, spice Spaghetti. Spice Spaghetti. He who he who makes the spice spaghetti al dente makes the universe al dente. <laughs> Anyways, I'm gonna stop before I hurt myself. Um, <laughs> But before we go, we have to answer a very important question. And that's, that's who's squawking. Who was squawking last week? Every week we play a mystery animal sound and I ask you, hey, who's squawking? And then you guys write into me at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com who you think is squawking and you find out the subsequent week who it was. And guess what? It's the subsequent week. So here who- we go. The hint I gave last week was, what's a dick dick so alarmed about? Maybe this critter, at least once he's grown up. So just for some frame of reference, a dick dick is a little tiny antelope with a much more insidious name than it actually deserves. Um, It's adorable. And so, yes, here is the sound. What? So, Pallovi, what do you think is making that sound? Wait, so you said, like, how is it related to the dick dick? Okay, so the hint was, what's a dick dick so alarmed about? Maybe this critter, at least once he's grown up. Okay, so what would hunt an antelope-like creature? Tiny antelope. A tiny tiny antelope-like creature that sounds like like a gym teacher mad um (laughs) sounds like a whistle going off a little bit um is it like some sort of cat some sort Mm. of wild cat warmer very warm Uh, like a like a bobcat type creature very very close Uh, yeah mountain lion let's say yes let's say yes (gasps) this is the well it's not a bobcat but it is the caracal so the caracal is, at least it's a caracal kitten. So this is 
a wildcat native to Africa, the Middle East, Pakistan, India, and Central Asia. It has a reddish buff colored coat, a white belly, and most notably, two very tall ears with dark <gasps> tufts of okay. fur. I maybe didn't know the name, but I was picturing this cat. Yeah. Like I was picturing the ears with the thing on yes. top. Oh, I'm so good at animals, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of, it is very similar to a bobcat, right? With those tufted ears and yeah, uh, it, it's taller. It's And it is also a medium sized big cat. So it's not one of the biggest cats, uh, but it's a little, it's got more of a sleek build. It's kind of got these it's taller beautiful. legs. beautiful. Gorgeous. They are absolutely And the little tufts on top of the ears so are just so cute. It's, they... They have completely sold me on this design for a cat. Like the fact yeah. that they have what looks like little feathers on the tops of their ears. And their eyes are so big when their mouths are closed. They look mm -hmm. so innocent. They look like a little puss in boots. They really do. And although they're not like they're very no. bad, very bad pets. People try to keep them as pets. It's a terrible idea. Not just what? for the cat, but for the human. Yeah, people. Why are would you like, keep this predator as a pet? Like, let it go, be free yeah. and tufted. We can't ever see something good in nature without wanting to like possess it. Oh my it. god, the kittens! Yeah, the kittens are yeah. so cute. Yeah, it's true. They also have like little eyebrows that they do grow out of mostly as adults, but as kittens, they have these like dark uh, spots above their eyes that look like a um you know like a marx brothers you know the uh groucho marx eyebrows <laughs> or or yeah uh, eugene levy eyebrows yeah it's they're it's it's but perfect. they're like vertical yeah they're the perfect the perfect cat the, the optimized and they're a redhead so you know i feel they're fun i yeah i feel kindred spirit with with these uh caracals and so that that weird like trill is basically the caracal's meow. So their oh meow gosh. comes with a vibrato, and um, they uh, yeah, like that kitten wants to be fed. So you know you'll have a cat meow at you for food. This kitten is doing this amazing trill, basically basically to complain. And adults do the same thing. Just a little bit of a deeper, deeper sound. Wait, so for meows, I thought that domesticated cats like develop the ability to meow, meow in order to communicate with humans. But like mm -hmm. wild cats also have like their own version of meowing, but for each other. Yeah. So so these meows are for generally for kittens to communicate with their parents like, hey, look at me. I'm here. Okay. Don't forget about me. Don't leave me behind. The meow you're hearing. I don't know how much wild caracals like meow, uh, but the one that you were hearing was from one that was in captivity. So it may mm. you may it may have learned to do this to provoke a response from its caretaker. Uh, Interesting. Yes, but they may also they may do it in the wild if they are communicating with another caracal. But yeah, so but it's just such a weird like it sounds auto-tuned you know what i mean yeah it reminds me of how like how the way foxes sound is not at all like what you would think they no. sound like no it's yeah. so it sounds like 
a leprechaun being murdered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and 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 don't ask how me and Katie know that. We're, we'll we'll never like we just happen to to know. <laughs> They're after me, cold coins. Help me! You shut up. <laughs> I feel like you're allowed to say that because you're a redhead. <laughs> I am. I mean, I am, and I have like you know, I've got I've got that Irish. I've got that Irish in me. Yeah. So I'm allowed. <laughs> I'm allowed to murder leprechauns. Oh my god! <laughs> so evil we've unearthed. <laughs> Listen, you don't know leprechauns, but. Okay. Um, yeah, so on to this week's mystery animal sound. Here is the hint. Damn, what a weird baby. All right, so who do you think is talking there? I don't know, but I want to protect it. <laughs> I don't, like I'm like that is that is a perfect baby cry. It's everything maternal in me is screaming right now. <laughs> I want to say it's like some sort of non-human primate, or like I don't know, because I was like this is too visceral a response. <laughs> My body is experiencing something. Something you want to love and protect. Yeah, I will do one spoiler so people don't like just start sobbing. In the middle of the day when they're listening to this it is fine in fact it's happy it's 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 having a good time right now. oh it's, it's, okay so, yeah uh, i was definitely like i need to save this baby <laughs> yeah no, no no these are these are happy noises uh that it's making um so do not worry this is it's a happy baby but it's it is definitely a weird baby so if you think you know the answer to this round of Guess Who's Squawkin', write them to me at CreatureFeaturePod at gmail.com. Polovi, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a blast. Thanks for having me. I always learn, like, the coolest stuff. The last time I was here, I learned about how non-human primates don't have the whites of their eyes, right? Yeah, that's right. And then I, I've been literally bringing it up every time I can <laughs> to everyone I can. <laughs> People off the street. Hey, listen. Did you know like, that the reason primates- this Japanese gorilla is attractive, and they're like, it's not. And I'm like, just go with me. <laughs> it's a hot gorilla, okay? Listen, stay no, I'm with not me. Where are you going? <laughs> no, people are saying it's hot. People are saying it. People are saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? People are saying this. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that that was a great episode. Uh, yeah, and Super so fun. it's been great to have you back on. And where can people find you? I am everywhere at Paula Viganalan, P-A-L-L-A-V-I-G-U-N-A-L-A-N. Um, I've been pretty active on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also on TikTok and Clubhouse. Um, we are running our shows again starting in March. Uh, hopefully infection rates continue to fall down over here in, hey, in lovely crossed. Los Angeles. <laughs> and I run a show called Funnelingus and another show called Facial Recognition Comedy uh, with uh, my co-producers. And Funnelingus is the first Sunday of the month at Hotel Cafe at 8 p.m. And uh, Facial Recognition Comedy is usually... The second Thursday of the month, I think March, we might we might move it. Um, but yeah, in April we should be back. Um, yeah, but yeah, come come find me, come see us perform. <laughs> Please do that. I highly recommend it. And thank you guys so much for joining me. If you're enjoying the show, if you leave a rating and a review, I 
am eternally grateful. I, I read all the reviews and I really appreciate it. All the feedback, uh, both constructive and kind. And uh, yeah. And what else am I going to say about this outro? I just completely blanked. I wonder if I could ever just end the show just saying like, goodbye. But yeah. no, I do won't do that. Do it one time that. to freak people out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I, I have I have to say other stuff too. So thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina. Creature features a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Where have you listened to your favorite shows? See you next Wednesday. Now I say bye. 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 <laughs> Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.